The following program contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. my lawn podcast this is your host jay aka jc aka jay caesar aka law t aka the hip-hop taliban and if you've been listening uh you'll know this isn't usually how we start the show off but uh the get off my lawn podcast has suffered a loss of sorts Dre, my partner for the first five episodes, uh, he recently received a high-profile position in a certain political administration, and I'm happy for him, happy for his family, uh, but he feels that in his new position that, you know, being on a podcast talking about hip-hop where various things are said, certain language is used, it might be detrimental to his career and his professional aspirations. So he's taken leave of the podcast uh, until further notice. And while I disagree, far be it from me to tell another man what to do with his career or life and I've known that man since we went to preschool together so a good 35 years or so so I wish him the best and in all his future endeavors Um, but hip-hop just like the get off my lawn podcast it don't stop And it won't stop. So, 
what we're going to do is we're going to move on. Move on to some hip-hop and move on to something that uh, I've personally been looking forward to for quite some time now. And since Dre is gone, anybody who is here for episode number one will remember that we brought in another Dre. We went, we went East Coast on you. We got, we got the West Coast locked down. We went East Coast. And East Coast Dre, Andre Cole, we brought uh, him back. You there, my man? Uh, turn me up. Yo, 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 how was Sam? Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. And then, because of the the special nature of this episode, and I, I just like I said, I've been looking forward to this. I think this particular episode, this uh, topic that we're about to break into, is it's it was one of the the conversations that led to the development of this podcast and what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at hip-hop and where exactly hip-hop went off the rails okay and because hip-hop is so fundamentally connected to uh really the urban experience but more specifically the young black experience we needed to bring in someone who not only had the the hip-hop knowledge but also had a perspective of a learned studied social and political scientist someone whose job it is is to just study and look at the conditions on the ground past present future that contribute to the state of the black community urban environments etc and he can probably do a much better job of explaining his areas of expertise than I can. But bringing in my mellow, my man, Professor Adolphus Belk Jr. What's up, my man? Peace, peace. Glad to be on. Been looking forward to this for a long time. So thanks for having me, brother. Hey, my pleasure. So do you want to just kind of run down what your, you know, the perspective you're coming from sort of professionally if you want to get into that just so that the people listening know we didn't just we didn't just go grab somebody off the street off the stoop we <laughs> right you know we went deep well i'm a hip-hop head new york born and raised a native of brooklyn new york brooklyn? at the same time right brooklyn buck buck my my interest in hip-hop spans regions spans the globe so you know i learned a long time ago it's not where you're from it's where you're at and while i am a new yorker my interest in hip-hop is not necessarily new york centric so i'm someone that grew up at a time when the music came up but that's the personal interest on the other side and the side that i think you're more alluding to you know this is kind of what i do as a social scientist i'm a political scientist by training and I study African-American politics and policy, race and ethnic politics in the United States. I teach courses in public policy, African-American politics. And I'm also the director of my university's African-American studies program. 
So I understand the approach to hip hop and hip hop culture from the perspective of the masses bottom up. But then I also understand what scholars have written about hip hop and the nature of the scholarly analyses of the genre and its impact around the country and around the globe. So I can come at this at different levels. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I guess I should just take my little janky ass opinions elsewhere. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but you know what? When you were speaking, it, it, uh, it reminded me in a sort of Michael Eric Dyson if he had hip hop credibility. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Dr. Dyson, you know, he's a cool cat, learned a lot of things from him. He's been in the game for a long time, but he's not necessarily a product of the hip hop generation, right? He's exactly. someone that comes from a different place, though he is certainly someone who I think would describe himself as a hip hopper. Yeah. But then there are other times when I just felt like the brother's showing off. Yeah. I mean, he. I don't do that. <laughs> when, exactly. See, that's, that's the key point is that when he speaks about hip-hop he speaks as someone who appreciates it appreciates the art form but he's not of the culture because way back before uh ab as i'll refer to him had syllabi syllab is that the plural of syllabus yes sir all right before you had syllabi and students and were grading papers and doing that when you were doing your undergraduate work Yo, this brother was political and had the hip-hop. Same thing with uh, East Coast Dre when he wasn't running uh, college TV stations and setting up, uh, bringing the roots and Wu-Tang up to the queue. You know, these, uh, there's, to, to get on the, on the mic, on the Get On My Lawn, Get Off My Lawn podcast, you have to have a certain uh, hip-hop mentality you have you have to have your credentials and your hip-hop paperwork in order and i'm here to say that both of these brothers everything's up to par and we're going to be good to go now thank you speaking of go we've got to go 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 because we had a couple of technical difficulties it was it really reminded me of my dad trying to hook up a vcr back in like 87 (laughs) um everything that could possibly have gone wrong as far as trying to get this uh broadcast together went wrong from the ghost of steve jobs screwing up my trackpad uh to headphone issues to Google Chrome not allowing the proper connections, but whatever. So that set us behind, and we're running way late, but we still want to hit this topic, especially while we're all together. And just before we get into it, why don't we, just so people know, AB, what are you doing now, and what do you have to do? Why do you, you I, I think it was something like you were folding baby clothes or yeah man um you know you're talking about get off my lawn i really mean it like i don't want nobody cutting through my grass and i need to cut my grass i'm for baby laundry we got to go get some replacement car seats so right now i'm i'm big papa and your kids are what are, what are the ages man i have young babies my daughter is two years old my son is eight months old 
you know, and by comparison, man, when my mom was my age, I was 17. My dad was my age. I was 14. I had babies, man. Wow. And wow. Dre? Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm smack dab. I should, probably shouldn't say this, but I'm smack dab in the middle of an edit um, on some uh, on some work that I'm doing. It's for a symposium about um, policing the black community. Mm. And so I'm really in the middle of the edit and it crashed. So now, you know, taking a little lunch break and then why not yeah. <laughs> kick with the fellas about hip hop for a little while while there you go. waiting to get get this uh, system back up. <laughs> well, and just quickly on that topic, um, mm. at the end of the last podcast, uh, West Coast Dre, he was, uh, had mentioned uh, Sandra Bland. And this was yeah. about... I think we did the last one about three weeks ago or so. And it was just mm-hmm. before uh, they released the footage of the stop. And and by the way, in the background, don't think we're not hip-hop. This is hip-hop. This is an orchestral version of Nag Champa from Common's Like Water for Chocolate album. But <clears throat> anyway, he mentioned that. And... At the time he mentioned it, I hadn't seen the video. I'd been involved in some other work and hadn't been keeping up. Saw the video, and before we could even digest that, then we get to the the Cincinnati video. And I mean, the fact of the matter is, at one point years ago, I had planned to start a blog and sort of document and comment on all these police abuse cases, but I quickly realized that they were happening with happening with such frequency it was impossible for me to keep up and now it seems like there's just been um a tidal wave like before we can even really process what's happened in one case there's another one there's a new video there's some other uh information that comes forth so it's you know it's it's tough out here and i think the audience for this podcast probably you know already knows and has a lifetime full of those experiences with the police but man if you are our sons and our daughters you know we gotta put them on make sure that they have the right mentality know what they're facing when they step out your front door so i've got my son's about to start high school and i gave him a choice uh the other day that there's a series of ongoing discussions we're having and he got to choose between whether or not our next discussion is going to be about uh girls and sex or the police so you know that's what we're looking at um wow yeah but as for today what we are going to do the topic we're going to be looking at as i fade down this these lovely strings and harps today we are going to be going all law and order and we are going to look and try to figure out exactly at what point hip-hop went astray and you know it did bizarre let's try that again don't come on steve jobs don't fuck with me (laughs) there we go yeah we're gonna go law and order 
So what we're going to do, we're going to take a very investigative approach to figure out what went wrong, and hopefully we're going to be able to identify when it went wrong. So what we're going to do is we have the billboard charts of hot reps, hot rap songs from the first time Billboard kept track of rap songs all the way until uh, recently. So they began keeping the records in December 1989, okay? And it's continued. So what we did was we pulled the entire list from 89 till 2015. And as we look through the list at the songs, we can kind of tell when things started to shift into a more ignorant direction. Well, first they went commercial, then they got blatantly ignorant. But so what we're going to do, we're going to go through this list. We're going to pull out certain songs and different years that we identify and say, hey, wait, that, that's a suspect. Get over there against the wall. Let me pat you down. Stop and frisk. So I'm going to play right now the first song that Billboard ever had listed as a top rap song. And then I'm going to play the song that as of about two weeks ago was the top song. And you're probably going to see a little bit of the difference that I'm talking about if you don't know already. So this is where Billboard started in 1989 with the Diggy Diggy Doc, y'all. Yo, Dre, let's kick it on the one, Black. And we don't stop. Making records of people of code, checking and respect standing because it rocks. The sales won't stop. Those of the doctor, 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 doctor. And I'm the diggy diggy doc, y'all. Pumping it, yes, y'all. DLC on the set, we kicking fresh, y'all. Letting the bass be yo and flow with soul so I can play. Leaving the rest to DJ Dr. Dre. When I hear a bass drum, I gotta get jumbled some Think it's a fable and label me not able to come Go correct, so I jet back to my room and invent something to compliment The boom of a kick, cause I want it all like in Monopoly The great old make not a mistake, make sure it's properly done Strictly for public satisfaction, so you're in all when I'm in action Cause overdue from me to you was a song strong Touch your thumping system upon I deliver something to shiver your peak level. And if you want it deeper, try y'all go get a shovel, yo. As you pump it, your speakers rattle. This is all over the world, but without a satellite, the right I hype the mic, make it dumb. And Dre is the engineer, but I'm the drum. Listen to the lyrics and I'll let the bass go So you can hear it Bumping your speakers off, bumping Dig it, yeah, you like it You know the album, get it And get I it. keep producing And inducing a rhythm with a style That makes you get loose and sweet
misconception Thinking if you make it, you're going one direction When you're in flight, yo, you gotta fly high But so you were born, so you die It's all evolution, here's the rule Evolve my meaning and roll in a new school And learn the tricks that makes the mix dumb Then be certain to keep the suckers hurting when it comes to a drum You pump it louder But do you think it's just fucking some gunpowder Check it for a second Listen and behold her Great as I open up your mind like a folder Down with the science I'm rocking like a musical So when you're listening, you're seeing Me and Draco sweating Cause you know we're like striving For number one, not for four and number five And nothing can mean more than to make it last a lifetime In the middle of this mix and my rhyme Never been in need, now the Dre is on a cut You might think I think of music, but I speak of coming up Rolling to the homies in the city, getting dumb The sound of the D-O to the C And it's wrong Yo, it's the Diggy Diggy Doc, yo Dre, drop it So that's where we were, and now this is where we are. You already know what it is. Silent talk, silent talk, silent talk. Go and do it for me. Now watch me whip, kill it. Now watch me nay nay. Okay. Now watch me whip, whip. Watch me nay nay. Why me do it? Now watch me whip, kill it. Watch me nay nay. Okay. Now watch me whip. Whip, watch me, nene. Can you do it? Now I mean, oh, watch me, watch me, oh, watch me, watch me, oh, watch me, watch me, oh, okay, oh, okay, oh, watch me, watch me, oh, watch me, watch me, you do watch me, watch me, you do okay, oh, do the stanky leg, 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 do the stanky leg. Break your legs, break them, 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 break Okay, I cut that short because <clears throat> essentially that's all there is to it. Uh, I'm assuming neither of you have that pumping in your Jeeps or your minivans. I unfortunately, um, you guys hear me okay? I unfortunately, yeah. uh, I, um, 
I, I've heard that song quite a bit. That's my six-year-old's favorite song. <laughs> does she do the stanky leg? Do she the does stanky leg. She, she, and I'll tell you this because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a grown man. I'm over forty. That she knew how to do the dance, and she was dancing to the song before I even heard the song before. So they played it at a barbecue, and she gets out in the, you know, on the grass at the barbecue and starts doing the dance. And I'm like, what are you doing? What is this? She's doing the stanky leg. She's doing, doing the, the stanky, stanky leg. leg and the whip it and the nay nay and <laughs> all of that. Wow. AB, yeah. are you uh, doing the doing the stanky leg? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm in a university environment. I work mm. with young people all the time. My students were born. You know, I'm, I'm at a point now where many of my students were born after the so-called golden era of hip hop. Oh yeah. So snap music is old school music to them. Yeah. So I've heard do- this and I've heard it quite frequently. And then the other side, uh, one wow. of my wife's good friends from from Birmingham just did a video with this for her news team that went viral online. So yeah, <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> so there's professional people's. Prope- uh, professional people doing the stanky leg doing the stanky leg <laughs> yes sir Jesus. yes sir but you know it's like this man I'm not going to begrudge the young people for making dance music because when we look at hip hop historically historically hip hop emerged as party music and dance music and in the time that we were coming up you know I remember the James Brown and the WAP the Steve Martin, Joe Ski Love and the Pee Wee dance with your man Ice-T breaking and dancing yeah. in this video. So yeah, there's always was, been an element of that to hip-hop. You know, it, was my almost critique all, is that, it was almost all yeah. dance music back then, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you had the dances with MCs making records to promote the dance. Yeah. So that's that's been a part of hip-hop from the very beginning. You know, the issue comes in when you don't have a representation of a broader range of subjects. And that's what we've seen more recently where it's really a celebration of foolishness, conspicuous consumption, rampant materialism, things that have been there all along, but are now played up in a way that's much greater than it was in, you know, an earlier era. Yeah. Well, to that end, speaking of the history, we might as well just jump in to uh, sort of looking through the charts. And when you hear this sound, you'll know it's time to transition to the following year. So if we look at, again, the the Billboard rap chart started December uh, 1989. And the first song was the one I just played, uh, D.O.C. and the Doctor. And so as we move to 1990, the thing that I notice when I kind of look through these songs is that so the DOC, he held the uh, top position for a couple of weeks, and then it went to Salt and Pepper Expression, and they held it for almost two months. Then it went to Digital Underground, the Humpty Dance. So, you know, if my parents were doing a podcast or whatever passed for a podcast in 1990, they'd probably be on there. Is is Jimmy doing the, the Humpty Dance? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Whack Funky? People say, you look like MC Hammer on crack, Humpty. 
So, yeah, the point is, yeah, there have been ridiculous dances, names, and songs. But as we look through the list, so Digital Underground, the Humpty Dance, they held it down for a couple of weeks. Then the real outlier, Above the Law, Murder Rap. That, I, I'm not even familiar with that song. I'd have to go back and check it out. But for a good week or so, they held the position, week or two. But then it went to Kid and Play, Fun House, Public Enemy, 911 is a Joke, Ice Cube, America's Most Wanted, uh, Snap, I Got the Power, uh, West Coast Rap All-Stars were all in the same gang, which was a bastard child of the, <laughs> the Stop the Violence movement and... Uh, was the what's the song? Self destruction. Self destruction. Yeah. So then, above the law makes another appearance on the charts briefly, and then two live crew or Luke featuring the two live crew banned in the USA, which was horrible. And I hated the fact that two live crew and Luther Campbell were the representatives and spokespeople for freedom of speech and hip hop, but so it went. Then we had D-Nice with Call Me D-Nice. Uh, Father MC treated them like they want to be. LL Cool J with the Boomin' System. Um, if you had the uh, <laughs> the real version, roll up a fat one and pass it around. But right. it was something else. In there. Uh then Vanilla Ice, the Ice Ice Baby, that was that held the position for one week. Then Candyman, <laughs> knocking boots. Then Moni Love, Moni in the middle. And wait, 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 wait. Yeah, Vanilla yeah. Ice only had the top, top of the chart for one week. Yeah, October twentieth. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you... sold a lot of records though. Yeah, that's why. That's why I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, and then it was Moni in the middle, and end of the year with I'll Do for You, and. The first thing that I noticed in looking at that is just the diversity <clears throat> of sounds right. and styles. Right. right. And I mean, you really don't, I think, as money became more prevalent in hip hop and that became an avenue to, you know, make significant sums of money, there's more incentive to sound like whatever's popular. But you're telling me in a year, we can have everything from LL and Salt and Pepper to Above the Law, Ice Cube, Digital Underground, uh, Snap, Vanilla Ice, Two Live. I mean, pretty much every most areas of the country are represented. And, and if you think about that for a moment, you see geographic diversity, right? So it's East Coast artists, West Coast artists, people in between. You see diversity in terms of subject matter. Some of the songs light party music, having a good time, others offering more biting social or political commentary. Yep. There's a range of subjects, different types of artists, different regions of the country. And that spectrum is really reflected during that era. And so that list is sort of representative of the type of music that was being produced. Now, the point that you make about the the commercial interest, you know, folks were trying, and this is, this is coming from Trisha Rose's book, Black Noise, that looked at the rise of hip hop music Early on, people really rejected hip hop. It was rap short for crap. They thought it wouldn't have any staying power. Right. But then when people tried to get on board, it was too late. 
the smaller independent people like Russell Simmons and Def Jam and Tommy Boy, they had their ear to the streets because they knew these guys. So they were signing artists left and right. And when the big companies tried to get in and get to the artists, they couldn't. So what they did instead was, we'll allow you to operate with some level of independence, but you're going to work with us and we're going to do the distribution. It was almost like colonialism run amok within hip hop. Mm. They couldn't get directly to the raw materials, so they used the middleman, bought up these, let them do the legwork, then increase the distribution. And as you get more suits in the room, they're looking at billboard charts and they're thinking about commercial viability. And that's when you see an interest in certain types of music, um, things that are going to hit and have a more popular appeal. Yeah, but what, according to uh, the book, when does she sort of uh, say that this really took hold? Because, like, I have an idea, but that's just from, you know, a listener-consumer perspective. Well, see, the book is now 20 years old, so it's somewhat dated, right? So with her work, she's talking about the rise and then expansion of hip-hop to that particular point in time. Okay. They're trying to get their foot in in the in the late 80s and into the 90s. But there are a lot of critical developments to take place in the 90s and then into the next decade, the arts. And a lot of that had to do with the rise or the emergence of so-called gangster rap and playing up the tensions between Biggie, Tupac, East Coast, West Coast beef, which in many ways was a manufactured conflict that had terrible and deadly consequences, not just to, for those two young black men, but for black men and women, boys and girls in the streets all across America. Um, that was when you saw something nastier going on. And so in terms of our listening audience, Trisha Rose had a great book about this stuff, but I'd also look at the work and you know promote one of my people here. Uh, one of my former students is now a professor of political science, and she has a book called Pulse of the People, where she talks about some of the things that have happened in hip hop and hip hop music since the 90s. And part of her argument is that you've seen somewhat of a decline in political hip hop, but it's still there. Or message music, as we might call it, which has a powerful socializing function. Yeah. See, my thing is, it's there. And with the internet, you can find, we have more access to more different artists and types of music than ever before but the key thing that we notice when looking at these charts is that this diversity was the mainstream right and right. that's the part that because even in looking at this list you know there were still songs on here i would think are kind of whack and i wouldn't have been <laughs> listening to but in general if you gave me this 1989 playlist, I could, I could deal with that. It, then, but that's why it was the golden era, and this is when when people I've worked in networks and I've worked in places, um, and done you know, hip message hip hop documentary, and people didn't want us to call it the golden era, and we had arguments about it. I mean, week long arguments, like people weren't talking to each other, emails and back and forth, but it was always what you see in the 1990 charts is what we was always our argument like this is why it is the golden era because you have such an like it's it's the doc who's from texas 
all the way through, you know, above the law, digital underground. And it's it's incredible music, like across the board. I mean, I didn't like everything. Right. But 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 this is but this is what happened, and this is also the year, I believe, and I don't know if Trisha Rose talked about this is also during the year that the commercialization of hip hop started we started having those commercials where it was like the white mom was like rapping. Right. And she'd be like, yeah. yo, 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 yo. Yo, 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 get your sunny D. Come on, baby. This is a rep right around that time, is because, and I'm I I'm guessing that it's because of they couldn't really control the music. They could only see that there was power in it, there was money in it. And so let's try to be a part of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Folks were trying to harness the muscle of hip hop and tried to find all different types of ways to do it but if you think about what we were at the onset where rap was being rejected and viewed as the harbinger of social decline to where we are now hip hop is selling products all around the globe right and so folks have gone all in with hip hop in the time since now to, to you know James's point about the, the charts if I think about what was happening then you could look at those charts and see people trying to talk about things that mattered in the society even in the lighthearted music I yeah. couldn't imagine something like the Black Lives Matter movement and the anti-police brutality movement happening in that time and not seeing it reflected in some of the more commercially popular music because even mainstream artists with great commercial appeal made socially conscious music. LL Cool J, no one would confuse LL Cool J with Chuck D and Public Enemy, but even he made Illegal Search. Right. Right. Well, I mean, to that point, this is why they asked him, I have no idea, but shortly i'd say probably about this time a year ago young thug uh was on a red carpet and he was asked specifically about um michael brown and the policing of black men in america this was his response this is the tail end of his response but this was his response lead that up with the critics and the laws and all that old shit we having fun we iced out we having money that's how we doing it Leave that, leave that up to the critics and the laws and all that dumb shit. We having money, we iced out. That's how we doing it. That was his response to that, and he's extraordinarily popular. Right. And again, weren't speaking on the commercialization aspect, weren't one of you guys at that? Run DMC Madison Square Garden show where they man that was my first hip hop concert Def Jam '87 Madison Square Garden September '87. For those who don't know, tell them what what I'm talking about. What happened at that show? And mind you, this was a time when hip hop was trying to break into larger venues and more prominent venues, and there was violence associated with some of those early shows, and there was a big crackdown about having hip hop in these places and that's what gave rise to the stop the violence movement and so people wanted to be able to penetrate venues like madison square garden and some of these other stadiums and show that people could gather of all races ethnicities listen to good music have a good time and everyone can go home safe and so we had to go through this long line 
where everyone went through security. Security was extra, extra tight. You would have thought the president was giving an address at the garden. Security was that tight. And it was a lineup that featured the most prominent artists in Def Jam. So it was LL Cool J, Beastie Boys, Public Enemy, you know, just every major artist you can think of. And they rocked the house. But I remember being a kid seeing the S1Ws on stage with what looked like Uzis, and I was terrified, like, yo, what are they doing? <laughs> but it ended up being like this great, one of my my greatest experiences with hip hop. And it was a it was really a good day. But the artists who were there, yeah, they made party music, they made music to move the crowd, but then they would always talk about the things that were happening on the streets. And that's where it doesn't matter if you were East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, Dirty South, people talked about what they saw going on around them. The good, the bad, the ugly, the fun, the profane, and also those things that were morally and politically banned. Well, I think, and so and, if I think about our favorite artists from the '80s and the early '90s, if something like Black Lives Matter were happening then, they would have spoken on it, and their behaviors then tell me that that's the truth. Yeah, and that was that was the that was the put your Adidas in the air. Yeah, concept, that's wasn't it? yeah, that's the one because I think I saw it in your documentary when the yeah the Adidas yeah, yeah go ahead tell it. But what well what happened was that they had flown some they had some adidas representatives that were in the building backstage and russell simmons had told them like you know these guys have you know he'd been trying to you know talk to them about the fact that he had this my adidas song that was coming and uh, or it was out already and he was like you know these guys have an impact on the culture adidas german bunch of german execs they were like eh. and then what run did was he stood up in front of the stage told everybody take off your sneaker put your sneaker in the air Everybody took off this sneaker, put a sneaker in there, nothing but Adidas. Thousands and thousands upon thousands of superstar Adidas. And he said, that's when he, I think he also did the, whose house? This is Run's house. This is my mother's yeah. house. And so the German guy sees this and says, okay, and signs them immediately a million dollars and gave them their own sneaker because he saw the power of the culture. He saw the power of Run DMC. And that, was, that really kicked off the commercialization of actual acts having endorsement deals. But I think it's important to note, though, like that's commercialization on the terms of the people at Def Jam. Indeed. Indeed. It, they were doing Indeed. it on their terms. They weren't right. selling Indeed. out. They were demonstrating that here's what we're bringing to the table and here's why you need to get with us. Right. right. Because right. this is how we're doing it. They were dictating terms to the as the folk across the pond might say adidas right you know they were dictating terms i think when we say commercialization now we mean selling out the buy-in oh yeah definitely it was definitely definitely so you definitely so you're telling me there was a difference between uh that and when mc hammer started doing those kfc commercials <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is uh, this is clearly going to be a multi-part uh, episode because we're going to take a quick look at 1991 and see if we still see that same diversity. And I'll just run through. So there was Father MC with "I'll Do for You." He's still holding it down, coming into 91. Then LL with "Around the Way Girl." He was next. EPMD with "Gold Digger." Chub Rock with Treat Em Right. 
can he come out? Can he come out and slam a jam? Uh, <laughs> main source, looking at the front door. They held it for about three weeks, which is shocking. I love that song. Money Love. Especially for underground group. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. Like, were they... Like, I didn't even make a distinction in 1991 between underground and mainstream because, I mean, there were a couple of acts that even, like, my parents knew. But this was sort of like... This is like Chub Rock, Main Source, uh, Money Love. This is... I just can They were just... When you said rap, rappers, this is them. Right. Yeah, that it, was the music. It, it was just the music. Money Love, It's a Shame. Then Nikki D, Daddy's Little Girl, Ed O.G. and the Bulldogs. I'll give one of you some extra credit if you can tell me if you remember what uh, the Bulldogs stood for. Wow. And I'm not looking it up. I just remember from the song. Cricket, 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 cricket. <laughs> it was you know what? the Black United leaders living directly on groove and sound. Grooving sounds, that's right. <laughs> LL with Mama Said Knock You Out came next. Yo-Yo with Ice Cube. You can't play with my yo-yo. Yo. All right, now hold on right there for one moment because I have to say this. Okay. Notice the representation of women in hip-hop as MCs. Yes, yeah. indeed. And even the diversity across women with their subject matter. It's a shame that you have better representation for women in hip-hop over 20 years ago than you do now. Yeah, and they all because that Nikki D, that Daddy's little girl, that was that was some serious like subject matter. That wasn't not a party song. Mm -mm. Um, Yo Yo, she had what was her thing? The IBWC, which I believe was the Intelligent Black Women's Coalition. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, and Moni Love representing yeah. the hip hop diaspora coming across from England. Yep. Then after Yo Yo and Ice Cube. Then we had Cool Mo D featuring KRS-One and Chuck D. Damn. Rise and Shine. I don't remember that song, but <laughs> you know that wasn't a party song. No. <laughs> then. That was edutainment. Right. After that, we had Terminator X with Homie Don't Play That from the Valley of the Jeep Beats album. Uh, third Bass, Pop Goes the Weasel, which where they start to address that commercialization they see coming yeah exactly uh jazzy jeff and fresh prince summertime which is still i think that was that was that was the end for them and they will of, eat off that record forever yeah because that's just that still gets playing it as well it should it's a good song then chub rock the chub star word up uh then we have Jabri the wise one I don't even know if I'm saying that right I don't recall that the house the dog built anybody no and that, Jabri, that song the wise yeah. do, do you have cricket, that song cricket, can you, cricket. Do you have that song uh, I can the power of technology although I might be pushing my luck let me see <laughs> it was number one for two weeks in a row Jabri like... the wise just what's, a taste. What's it called? You got the it. House I have a vision of you in your reading glasses looking at us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, on vinyl with your reading glasses. Okay. Here we go. With I a, do. Nickel on the dead on the needle. <laughs> just just a taste. We don't need I all got the it. Jabri. Okay. Here we go. Jabri the wise one. 
Let's see if we can get this, get this playing. Oh, yo. As he looks over oh, oh, I vocals. see. No, 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 I see. Uh -huh. I see exactly what I've done wrong. <laughs> this is not going to be like what we He's the librarian helping you out with the stacks. <laughs> As his VCR flashes 12. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck all y'all. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, how many samples can he throw in there? Devoted to the fucking architect. I'm a wise one. I'd when it's that pimp your instincts, pimp your manhood Play the vibes, funkadelic relics to the words that you relish Expressions with native centricity, stop looking, listen Feel electricity of George Clinton, want to bootsy I'm flamboyant, move you in your bootsy Vibes overflowing, I'm different and artistic Presenting funk and rhythm, cause funky's how I live and I'm a high top And a naughty dread, but one speaks out of place and calls me nappy head Afrocentric, anecentric, a true boo, that's why I diss you Feel to the brim of the realm for Wow, where I need to dust off my Africa medallion. Uh, yeah, he sounds I, like I he would have been in the X Clan or something, man. Like, I I think he was like that. It's, yeah, because he's talking some... about verbal milk. That sounds yeah. that's an X Clan yeah. reference. I, and I remember that now that he played it. I remember that song the whole part in the Naughty Dread. I remember that part. So yeah, yeah, it okay. sounded like Grandmaster Lesson Funkin' Brother Jay. And that was yes, yeah, right. One of the things I noticed in that song is. It's got that duality, so you can just listen to it and dance and party, or you can listen to it, and he had some things to say, you know, right on the yeah. conscious level. So after Jabri, Wise One, then Compton's Most Wanted, Growing Up in the Hood, Chia. Uh, then <laughs> Naughty by Nature, OPP, that held it down for quite a while. Then this goofball, Tim Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Fuck us how you Compton. really feel. <laughs> I think Snoop said all that needed to be said about <laughs> Tim Dog on the chronic. Uh, ghetto Boys, mind playing tricks on me. Public Enemy, can't trust it. Uh, Tribe Called Quest, check the rhyme. Kid and play ain't gonna hurt nobody, and ended it up with uh, UMCs with blue cheese, which and had a great. Play. You mean grown man at work? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, again, we see the same thing in '91 that we saw in 1990 with uh, a lot of diversity, um, and we saw a little bit of. Uh, the commercial aspects being addressed by what were at that point the mainstream artists and we learned about Jabri Wise One so in kind of keeping things moving rolling into 1992 Chub Rock Just the Two of Us that was that one that was yeah that was that one Big up to the West Indians and hip-hop music and culture. <laughs> then we get Cypress Hill, the funky feel one. Uh, 
slash how I could just kill a man. And that held it yeah, down. Yeah, really freaking, really weeks. freaking, uh, oh, man, my man, gosh, Zendog? man, this is what happened. I'm having a senior moments. The sample on that, on how the I could sample just kill on that was Tramp. Was it? Yeah, that was that was Tramp. Um, you know, and everybody remembers the Tramp cover by Salt and Pepper. But if you right. listen to that track, that boom, 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 boom. Yeah, Yo, come inside. I got you. Let me send the hood up the funky Buddha. Right. Yeah, they fucked out that sample, man. That was good work right there. Then, then after that, we had Black Sheep. The choice is yours. This or that. MC Light with Poor Georgie. Cause Georgie was into making grown girls cry, young girls cry, something. Then we got MC Brains with Uchi Coochie. Uchi Coochie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uchi Coochie. Yeah, I'm wondering I what he's it. doing nowadays. I hated that song. I hope he's not rapping. Passion. <laughs> he wasn't rapping then. <laughs> then, <laughs> true indeed. Then we got Public Enemy with Shut Him Down, which, I mean, again, just look at that. We went Black, we went Cypress Hill, Black Sheep, MC Light, MC Brains, and then Hip Hop Self Corrected, Public Enemy, Shut Him Down. I like Nike, but wait a minute. The neighborhood supports, so put some I, money in it. I, I'm still waiting for the wheels of fall off this thing like we're still we're still good so yeah far. we get, like i'm i may have hated uchi coochie but we're still good as far as we're still in the golden yeah hour. that's yeah. what i'm saying this is this is clearly going to be have to be a multi-part because we're in 1992 we've got about like 20 minutes <laughs> to get the tooth so we're not this will be a multi-part thing but i like the uh see this is what needs to happen people need to look back at hip-hop and take it seriously as an art and a culture you know it's as long as it's treated as it's disposable as was mentioned on one of the roots albums you know mm -hmm. people don't treat it as art or culture and so it's it's good to look back and get this perspective but on that public enemy shut them down the pete rock remix what yeah. crazy yeah. crazy i went to a, a show rock the bells about three or four years ago and Nas did Illmatic and so he took a break because you know Illmatic's only what nine ten songs or something and in between Premier and Pete Rock were out there DJing and they were just battling like throwing on their beats and seeing and like the crowd would get hyped and be oh yeah you got this well I got this uh, and just it's crazy all right so after Public Enemy shut them down we got Shabba Ranks featuring KRS-One with the jam, which I kind of remember. That was, the beat was pretty slamming. Yeah, I remember that, that was good. Then LONS, Leaders of the New School with the International Zone Coaster. Then Crisscross with Jump. And why they had their clothes on backward, or were they, in, you know, Inside Out was Wiggity No, they were backwards, because Inside Out was Wiggity Wiggity, 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 wiggity Whack. Whack. <laughs> that was a dig at ABC. <laughs> Now and, when, and wasn't <laughs> Tretch ghostwriting for them? No, Tretch was Tretch was mad. I actually saw Tretch the other day. I actually saw Tretch. Yeah, Tretch saw Tretch Friday. But um, no, he was writing for the, I wish, the youngsters. I wish yeah, I had a I youngsters. wish I had a bomb sound sound effect for that name that just got dropped. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I just drop a name? Oh, um, but it was up. totally it was totally on the humble. Just saw him out in the street. So what up? Um, but yeah, he was mad at them because he was mad at JD. 
because he felt like JD was taking his style with Criss Cross. So he uh, was trying he was trying to make like a miniature version of them. And he was like, that wasn't fair. Oh, he was trying to copy the youngsters with Criss Cross. Yeah, take Naughty by Nature and dumb them down for the elementary oh, school oh, set. I see. Well, yeah. I was in my senior year of high school in '92, and there were some people who tried that whole backward. There were a couple of people for like about two weeks who tried that backwards shit. Any, did you <laughs> guys? See, this one, I'm just a nerd, man. I'm like, that just would seem really uncomfortable to me. Did you guys see any of that? Yeah, because clothes don't. I think I might have done it once in the house, and it just doesn't work. Wait a wait a wait a wait a! You just lost cool points. You, you, you had an experiment. You, you <laughs> just ex, you experimented on wearing your clothes backwards like crisscross. Yeah, because yeah, it didn't make any sense. I couldn't. I didn't understand how it could be comfortable. And so that was back when, at least out here on the West Coast, everybody had the uh, the satin starter jackets. Was that a right. thing? Yep. Okay. And so somehow through some long story I won't tell, I was a fan of the Miami Hurricanes and this is pre-internet. So to get your hands on items outside of your geographical region was very difficult. But somehow I ended up with a Miami Hurricanes, the green starter jacket, satin with the orange Hurricanes across the front. Um, at which tight. point West Coast Dre was saying I look like Fresh Kid Ice. But, <laughs> but I was the only one out here rocking it. And, you know, you're watching your MTV raps, Criss Cross comes on, and it just looked weird. And so I was like, what would that feel? And I put the jacket on, and the collar was choking me, so I took that shit off, and that was it. But, <laughs> lest I digress. So after Criss Cross and Jump was Arrested Development with Tennessee, and... Alternative hip-hop? Yeah, a few... Episodes ago, we had uh, an Arrested Development song we were talking about, and I, that's a great album, and I'll mm -hmm. argue with anybody. I mean, they've got a lot going on there. Um, then, after that, <laughs> Diggity Das Effects with They Want Effects, then Nice and Smooth, Sometimes I Rhyme Slow, Sometimes I Rhyme Quick. Serious record by them, by the way. You talk right. about the travails and troubles of substance abuse. That was a serious record. Yeah. Smooth B slept on MC. Getting snippy with a friend. Yeah. I'll put you in rehab and I won't tell your folks or something. Brought her back home and now she's sniffing again. Six months later and I let her back in. There and you now go. Now she's sniffing again. I knew you knew. Then, whoo. <laughs> Pete Rock and CL Smooth, they reminisce over you. Wow. And, yeah. Funny thing about that is how Pete Rock, I think somebody in recent years either used the sample or used the name. Maybe it was Lupe Fiasco. Mm -hmm. And Pete Rock got heated like, you don't touch that. That, you know, how dare you touch that? But, like, dude, you sampled the entire beat. Like, did you ask you know the original artist how he felt about it you know come on yeah but i think be... that was more than you know the the stetsasonic criticism of sampling and things of that sort you know it was it was a hip-hop requiem yeah you know it was a hip-hop requiem right and there's a way that you can use music to speak to circumstances but you can also use music to honor the dead and that's what they were doing with that track 
And it's one of the the first really widespread mass appeal hip hop requiems. Like you think about a record like that, or this is for my homies, or later missing you for for B.I.G. You know that that occupies a certain place in people's hearts. So I could see people getting upset about that when they were doing that to honor one of their fallen. Good point. Good point. And I didn't take that take that into account. So okay. And he should at least cut a check or ask <laughs> to him to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after they that'll help over ease you, the pain, right? After that, it was Gangstar with "Take It Personal." This ain't no threat, so take it personal. Uh, then crisscross with "Warm It Up." Warm it up, Chris. I'm about to. Warm it up, Chris. That's what we was born to do. Then Eric B. and Rakim, Don't Sweat the Technique. Nice. That Main... video messed me up. What? How the so? The reason that video, the video for Don't Sweat the Technique messed me up because here you have the God MC Rakim Allah in a mansion with women in bikinis, including women in bikinis. And I'm like, these things just don't go together. Yeah, that was that was that was totally a, a you could tell that was totally a last minute record company decided what the video was gonna be. Ross shows up. It looked like, like he was going through the motions, man. That's yeah. like the first ballerific video. And I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah, that was actually close I think that was pretty much close to the end of Rick being Rock Kim as a group too. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. After that we had main source faking the funk from the uh, White Men Can't Jump soundtrack. Uh, but again, with that song, it's another of these kind of like Pop Pop Goes the Weasel, where they're taking note of this rising tide of commercialism uh, right. within the music. And yeah, that and the next track. Oh, boom. EPMD, crossover. <laughs> Keep the crossover. Strictly yeah. underground funk. And it stayed, crossover stayed up there for a while. So then after that, we get back to Arrested Development, People Every Day. And that's and the story, y'all, of a black man acting like a nigga to get stomped out by an African. 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 <laughs> that Nine was tough. <laughs> but I had to take the brother out for being rude. <laughs> that was tough, man. <laughs> Just, you know, it reminds me of, um, you know, there's a, there's a prominent underground MC named Jay Live, originally from New York, makes his home in Philadelphia. Great MC, makes oh, dope yeah. music. Yeah. And he talk, he has this record called From the Sidewalks. And it's like, um, you know, I'm from the sidewalks where Chris Mark got you gas, but I'm that smarty art nigga that'll whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> the first smarty art nigga that was whooping ass was your man from Arrested Development. Speech was not trying to suffer fools kindly. <laughs> Indeed. Or if we want to take it back to uh, De La Soul is Dead. Um, oh, yeah. Why did you think... Because we talk peace, we can't throw no joy. <laughs> they was fighting, they was wilding. The chubby one. The, the chubby one? <laughs> I gotta. It's gonna have to wait till next week or some other point in time, but I got a De La Soul. Uh, had a De La Soul moment last week and uh, oh man but they came they came through in the clutch but I won't I won't I'll stay on topic I really want to hear that story I really want to hear that story too um so then Dots Effects Mike Checker microphone check Mike, microphone checker 
then Grand Poobah with 360 degrees what goes around which yeah, that was cool when he split from Brand Nubian um, you know he did his thing and I like that album and then yeah, that, was a, that was a good record then Brand Nubian turned around and got hard mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, then MC Search another you know third base split up and he has here it comes back to the grill again the grill again you need a posse the size of the Nazis to attack this and you're more optimistic than the sound of blackness rip rhymes kick rhymes that rip through your chest cavity and I keep going and going just like an energizer battery flattery will get you nowhere unless it's the derriere and then it gets you everywhere (laughs) (laughs) you got bars son (laughs) oh man as my mom would say, why can't you learn your, your math homework the same way you know all these lyrics? That's exactly what, I would say, exactly what I would say to my children. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, there are some people out there that are doing just that. With math, science, literature, they're using hip-hop to teach the babies. Yeah, I, that's great. I should have done that. So then after MC Search, we get to Bushwick Bill, Ever So Clear which the song isn't memorable except in the fact that he's recounting the story of how he lost his eye. Um, He got drunk and basically was fighting with his girlfriend or somebody over the gun and she shot him in the eye. And the classic line in the song is, my eye, my eye, why didn't you shoot me in the body? Will someone get a napkin for my eye? Then we get to Red Man, <laughs> Blow Your Mind, and Chub Rock, Lost in the Storm, which I think that was one of those Bring Home Our Troops. Um, I have, yeah, it, I he's think talking about so, Storm. Yeah. yeah, he was, it was, I think it was a message record. I think that song was a message record. And we went from, oh yeah, it was a message record. And then we go from that to Rex and Effect, Rump Shaker. Introduced Black America to Thong, so sorry, Cisco. <laughs> Room zoom 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 and the poom poom, <laughs> and also launched one of the great beats in hip hop history. When uh, what's his name got busted in his face? Yeah. Q-tip. Yeah, wearing the mask in the hot, hot sex, sex video. video. Yeah. See, it's funny because you know, strict. What they say? Strictly hardcore tracks, not a new Jack Swing. And it was Fife who said it. So why did Q-tip get beat down? Because because they saw him. Oh, yeah. okay. He was the one they saw. Okay. So they hit him. And I didn't even know Rex and Effects was, you know, rolling like that. But, yeah. you know, around the same time, Ice Cube said, You can New Jack swing on my nuts. But and they, didn't, they didn't go after him. They knew better. <laughs> and then. Yeah, people know who they're stepping to. Yeah, Ooh, exactly. Rounding out uh, 92. Who's kids? Tell those kids hi. Tell them to step to the mic, say hello. Not my babies. Oh, I'm sorry. Claim, that was my, that was my nobody's baby, claiming my their kids. Everybody got my, quiet. <laughs> my, cricket, my, baby, cricket. my baby just got home. No problem. Uh, we're going to be wrapping it up and segmenting this. But rounding out 1992, Double X with not going to be able to do it. You remember that? Oh, it's a good record. I have the party record. I think I still have the single. Wow. I'm not going to be able to do it. I still say that to people. Really? Yeah, and they have yeah. no idea where the reference comes from. Wait, exactly. do you just say, um, I'm not going to be able to do that? Or do you just say, <laughs> no. I'm not going to be able to do it? 
You got to deliver that. that. You got to deliver, deliver that it. with full gusto. Yeah, I deliver it. How do you do it? Give us a Drake, sample. Yo, Drake, can you get this edit done on time? Not going to be able to do it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Love it. Love it. And we ended up 92 with Mad Copeland. Flex. Time to have sex. Yeah, that's when they were just being methodologically sloppy because that's not yeah. hip-hop. Yeah, I was yeah that say, was a... But we're like, eh, he's black. That was a dance right. hall song. Man, that was straight reggae dance hall. That's yeah. when they were being methodologically sloppy. Yeah, that was a dance hall song. So, they couldn't categorize dance hall. That's why you see Mad Cobra and Shabba Ranks on this. And that's not to take away from their music. Shabba. They were making tough records. You know, Shabba. But, yeah, they, they just had nowhere to put it. Shabba. I, I know we're going to have to stop yeah. soon, but I think yeah. next year, I think the 93 year is the year got to do 93 man i think 93 is the year that we start getting into the nonsense so i think gotta what do we, 93. what we should think do it. is because like i said i love how this discussion was going and i'm sorry about all the technical issues that no, gave I us think. such a late start but um i think we can sort of take this and take a couple of years because we figure we got through nine we got through about eh, two three years but when we start getting into this sort of 93 94 once we get around 95 ish Mm -hmm. it's gonna and Mm -hmm. so i want to sort of hold this table this Mm -hmm. right now we'll reconvene when all of our schedules and the stars and planets align um the planet of the stars but, and the moon collapsed. <laughs> but I did, I did want to take a moment to acknowledge that uh, the hip hop community we lost Sean Price, mm-hmm. aka Ruckus. I mean, this dude had more mm-hmm. nicknames than <laughs> it was like he was in the Wu Tang Clan. I yeah. I counted uh, Sean John Rambo. Mega Sean, Jesus Price, Kimbo Price, Mike Tyson, MIC. Um, and I don't know, I don't know the circumstances uh, behind it, but I know that he wasn't, he was probably our age. He's 43 and, years old. 43. Yeah. yeah and it's, uh, it's definitely a loss. Um, With as many nicknames as Cool Keith. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, in a little bit of a, tribute i have of course i have plenty of his his music but i wanted to play a little a little something just to acknowledge the brother and so some of these i'll pick one from the uh from the mixtape this is figure four and and of course i'd be i mean he had mixtapes and solo albums and things, but uh, we first were introduced to him as a member of Helter Skelter. Yes, yes, y'all. Yeah. Heads ain't ready. So here we go. A little bit of Sean P. Figure four. Lurk Street. Street. <laughs> Botswana, small town little league player Pop Warner. Rock corners with hot blocks that's drug infested. Supply suppliers, my money say thug infested. Uh, no disrespect to duck down records. After this go round, a nigga looking for the exit. Peace. Peace. 
Sincerely Pyrex Pachon Cookie cut it and spit it on Narite.com The vet earner of stripes, the sket burner Tears in my eyes when thinking the hex murders What up, hex? I don't parlay with the crew, nigga I don't wallay with the new niggas <laughs> Hardcore rap and Mary J. Blige records. Right. The guard gon' snap, I'm waving the five reckless. Sean Price, the best rapper in Brownsville. Don't know me, but the time this song done, you clowns will. Clowns will. Hurt something, nigga. Know what I mean? Fuck out of here. Grown man rap, nigga. I get my son to fuck one of y'all young rappers up. Word to mother. Fuck out of here. What up, Eli? Ah, where was I? Oh, yes. Sean Carter is nice, but Sean Price is the best. <laughs> Sean gone. gone, no Sean Dawn. Sean is a dawn, I don't wear Sean John. Army suit, blackberry brandy is long johns. Matching cheese Tim's, you separate weed stems. Uh, weed carrier, bulletproof vest tester. Glock and spray jester, left a rock away in Chester. Too old to rap, too young to whack. Ten fingers, two hands, my nigga, the guns clap. I don't like niggas no more. Eight figure dreams, nigga, but the figure is four. <laughs> These are words from a thousand years Selling crack in the peas Disguising some housing gear I fucked up somewhere down the line But I got my shit in order The crown is mine Pee, pee, fucker Fuck out of here Sean Price, Kimbo Price, Mike Tyson Go get all that shit, all that shit, all that shit And I punched through school buses <laughs> Rest in peace, Sean P. So, as we bring this first edition of, we gotta we gotta think of some kind of name for this. Um, what I'm gonna do, since we've got the the professor in the house is where I when I post this episode up I'm going to put a link so that anyone who's listening can download a PDF of these billboard charts that we're uh, going through and then if you've done your required reading in (laughs) subsequent episodes you can follow along kind of get an idea for what's coming up uh, and in the meantime, if you hit me up at, at Hip Hop Taliban on Twitter, uh, you can point out anything that you see coming up that you'd like to, uh, any songs you'd like us to focus on, any artists, any key moments that you uh, either experience, remember, recognize, what have you. So this is going to be an ongoing thing because I don't think trying to figure out what went wrong with hip-hop is something that can be uh, contained to one episode. However, it is very difficult to get three grown fathers from three different parts of the country, two different time zones, uh, to be available um, to do this. So I guarantee we will continue this discussion because I really enjoyed where everything was going uh but you know scheduling is the issue so i appreciate that both of you took time out from 
buying car seats and folding baby clothes and editing videos and, you know, family. But I, I can tell you that I personally can't wait until we get to the ignorant stuff because I, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm, I want the listeners to know that I'm going to have a lot of opinions about the ignorant stuff. Like, and even so, even some of the uh, the stuff that's not perceived as ignorant, which I think led us on a, a ignorant track, which is why I think '93 is going to be the year that I really start talking talking my ish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. I, I mean, if we put like a color to this and had sort of those early years and like red and then the ignorant years and some other like like you said 93 94 is when we would start to see the shade kind of change from red to orange getting a little yellow and by the end it's some other shit yeah we could keep it real simple man like think about the things people interface with every day stoplights good is green if it's kind of in that middle area is yellow if it's dangerous put it in red it's going to be a lot of red when you get to the late 90s and into the odds yeah and but i think 93 is a straight is a straight yellow year for me and what what we're really going to try to do at the end of this because we know by we know in 2015 things are crazy we want to really zone in we want to point fingers we want to point very definite fingers at the end of this like you were responsible it's probably not going to be that black and white but we're gonna we're gonna line up some usual suspects and yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna be like the old man at the end of uh new jack new jack city <laughs> <laughs> coming right. for nino brown <laughs> pop oh, him on the staircase <laughs> old man really tried to do me uh, uh. <laughs> So, all right, y'all, I got to run. You guys got responsibilities. I appreciate you taking time. Apologize for the technical difficulties, but uh, we put in some solid and significant hip-hop work. So I will catch you two on another episode. Peace. Yeah, love to be back. Peace. Yep, peace. Now watch me whip. Now watch me nay nay. Now watch me whip, whip. Watch me nay nay. Now watch me whip. Watch me nay nay. Now watch me whip, whip. Watch me nay nay. Ooh, watch me, watch me. Ooh, watch me, watch me. Ooh, ooh. Do the stanky leg, stank. Do the stanky leg, stank stank. Do the stanky leg, stank. Do the stanky leg. This right say nothing but the END. So follow me into the sun and let your soul be free. The END, the END, the END, the END. This say nothing but the END. So follow me into the sun and let your soul be free. The END, the END, the END, the END. Peace, 5,000 G.